Folks, welcome to episode 95 of the FLW podcast in Benton, Kentucky. I'm Jody White. I'm joined by, from Hopkins, Minnesota, Kyle Wood. Yeah, back. What, uh, well, I'll ask you in a second what you did on your time off. Well, not really <laughs> off, but time when you were too that busy I wasn't on or the podcast? Whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. Uh, but first of all, our outline for today, it's pretty simple. There hasn't been a whole ton of news, necessarily. So, Kyle and I will banter a little bit. I talked with Ron Lappin about the brand new 2016 Rayback FLW Series schedule. Then, Kyle and I will talk a little bit more about that schedule. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Then we'll sort of run through the uh, college fishing event that went on. We'll... Uh, Start talking some BFLs. We'll do a few tournament reviews. And I also talked with Aaron Harrelson, winner of the Mississippi Division event on Pickwick. And I'm going to throw that interview into our BFL section. And then we'll pretty much be out of here. Sound Short good, and Kyle? sweet. Yeah. All right. So what you got? What what happened while you, while, uh, while you weren't on the podcast? Anything interesting? Uh, well, kind of. So we have, uh, you know, obviously the... Uh, the new season, the 2015 season of the FLW TV show, uh, is going to be coming out here pretty quick. Yes, sir. And, uh, basically what happened was we found out that we had a commercial slot available, uh, for NBC sports and, uh, you know, all the other, um, like pursuit, who else airs it? Who else airs our show? I feel like I should know that. Uh, I think world fishing network does WFN pursuit. NBC Sports. Anyway, we had a uh, a commercial spot open um, for them, and it kind of got brought up to Travis, so he had to stop working on Circuit Breaker and uh, make a commercial. And then myself and Patterson put a little input into what our idea for the commercial would be. So basically, uh, a few days before it was due, we had to go film this commercial and uh, something that would normally take, you know, a couple, three, four days maybe to film. Uh, two at the minimum. We did it in like five hours on Wednesday, so that's why I was out last week. Uh, we were shooting a commercial to fill a spot for uh, the TV show. All right, so are you going to be a major focus of the commercial? Uh, not really a major focus, uh, but I'm in it. And so is uh, Brian Johnson, our PR dude. Uh, I would say Brian's probably more of the focus. Oh uh, lord, it's it's a, it's pre, it's a pretty funny commercial. I saw the final the final cut the other day, and uh, it's pretty good. Okay, well, I uh, it's entertaining. I guess, I guess I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? I figured someone would have passed it along to you guys. I mean, look, I uh, I I get the scoop on like fishing related things, like. You know, or I try to anyhow, you know, if, uh, if the top water bite's <laughs> going on, things like that. Yep. Membership commercials, I don't even know if I can become an FLW member. So it's not it's not immediately on the forefront of my radar, but <laughs> I'll, uh, well, I think I'll, I'll see it eventually. I think Kurt has a link if you want to see it. 
Well, we'll see. Kurt's Kurt's real busy right now. He's he's mid vacation. He was just yep. like he was shooting stuff for like a week. Oh, he was sharp tail hunting in North Dakota. Yep. Sure. Where wherein he visited you on the way, right? Yep. He did a pit yeah, stop. He crashed my pad, yep. Uh and then he's like going to Germany to I guess just drink. The man's all over the place. Which I I appreciate. He's really using his off season well, to be honest. Whereas I'm not I'm not doing him. a whole lot interesting with it, you know? <laughs> not yet. Uh well, yeah. And he the thing I'm most interested to have happen is not even it's actually work. <laughs> <laughs> and that's California. I was gonna say you're you're of course referencing California. Yeah. Which, by the way, I have a much more than tentative plan now. So Matt and I are gonna go out. Uh we'll cover the Clear Lake event. We'll cover the last day of the college fishing event on Clear Lake. Then Monday we're going down to Cody Myers Pet Lake. Oh yeah. Catching some biggins. Tuesday, uh, we're going back to Clear Lake. We're going to work with probably Matt Newman and Paul Bailey. Do a little Ooh. swim bait action, maybe a little uh, lipless crankbait action, maybe some dock action. We'll see what we see. Sure. Uh, then Matt's leaving, and I'm going to go fish for with uh, my friend Jimmy Reese on Clear Lake for like three or four days. Your old buddy. Yeah, well, three days, and it's going to be awesome because I'm going to catch a giant. That's my yeah. plan anyhow. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, you got a pretty good chance. Very good chance. Man, Dude, I hate you. I'm just saying, I'm so fired up. But you'll be getting married then, so, I mean, it's not all bad, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, catching hogs in California is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I just like California. I was looking forward to it. I mean, granted, now that I don't, I'm not going, it's kind of nice because it's duck opener this weekend here in Minnesota. Mm, so I can duck hunt instead of being in California, which is kind of cool. But um, I don't know. I like I like Clear Lake. And I like seeing hogs. But at least someone else that appreciates hogs in California is going. And I in, tell you what, I appreciate the heck out of those things, and I can't wait to appreciate the heck out of California. Yeah, you'll have to get me a souvenir or something. All right, well, let me know what you want, and we'll make it happen. I, I'm, okay. I, I'm told there's some interesting swim baits to be found out there, so if you want to send me yeah. with like a couple hundred dollars in cash, I can come back with an interesting <laughs> swim bait. Maybe not a couple hundred dollars, but maybe maybe I'll send some money with you, and you can pick me something up. i got to right. think about it for a I'm, little bit. I'm planning on bringing some spending money for some swim baits, just because I want to be like, hey, I got this in California. And oh, probably for sure. never catch anything on it, but you know, because it's not it's not my deal necessarily. But I want to have them. That's the that's what I hope to see. Anyhow, it could be your deal. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, Kyle, let's go ahead. We'll throw this off to uh, me and Ron Lapp, and we talked earlier just after I was eating the donut that Ron very kindly brought in this morning. Oh um, man, he's so nice. He's the best. And then you and I will sort of run down some some other stuff. Cool, cool. And now we're joined by Ron Lappin, tournament director of the Rayback FLW series. Ron, I guess, first of all, how's it going? You just released the schedule, so I assume you're pretty busy right now, or do you have a little bit of a lag? No, not really. We're, 
we're getting everything together for all the information on the uh, the website and everything, all the details for each tournament. Uh, we've got some new sites this year we haven't been to before, so it's a little harder uh, when you you know go to a new place. You got to work everything out. But I think personally, uh, we had a, a record year this year. We averaged uh, 315 entries per event, and I feel like we've got the capabilities of exceeding that next year. Uh, we've got some really big changes we're going to give in format and payback next year for the championship and, and for the individual tournaments. And uh, we experienced uh, tournaments with over 200 boats in them in three different divisions this year. I think you'll see more of that next year. I think we've got the kind of schedule that would, would motivate fishermen to fish those. Uh, I received some calls already from uh, people who are are fishing uh, another circuit that are going to be coming over and fishing with us some. Uh, I think when we finally get everything together and put out the new payback, uh, uh, you know, some some new looks and some new faces around uh, in in the uh, FLW series, that uh, we'll, we'll pick up a lot of people that that aren't fishing with us. And, and I think we got great schedules in every single division. Uh, the the best championship turnout we've ever had has it been at Table Rock. So we're going back there next year. We uh, actually had 160 boats qualify for that championship about five years ago, and we fished 158. We've never had those kind of numbers anywhere. That's and really I think good. <laughs> Table Rock in the central United States lines up for Western anglers historically don't have a lot of different places to fish out there. You know, they have a lot of clear, deep reservoirs. And then you got the Delta, of course, where there's no place like the Delta in the United States. Yep. Th these are places that uh, Table Rock lines up well for a lot of those guys. So I, they, they like going there. So I think it'll it'll be beneficial to all the divisions. All right. Well, you touched on the Western Division. And one thing, I've heard a lot of positive feedback already about the Western Division in particular, just because I think that Having it all in the spring gives guys a chance. It's spread out enough that they can go and hit all the tournaments, but it gives guys a chance to come out and pre-practice for the championship if they want to to fish the U.S. Open and mm -hmm. not have uh, a real busy fall schedule. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like that from that standpoint, and I'm excited to go to Shasta because we haven't gone to Shasta while I've been with FLW, and I think that'll be kind of a cool tournament. You know, the... You talk about premier spot lakes, and and I know there are some smaller reservoirs there that that in the state that will not hold the kind of tournament size we have. New Malonis, and there's a lot of them where the two consecutive world records came within two months of each other. But I've never been anywhere that you've seen the kind of spotted bass that we'll see at Shasta. At Shasta, we had uh, the last time we were there, I think we had uh, 17 or 18 fish over five pounds spotted by us and had a seven, one over seven. So that's pretty unbelievable, especially when the majority of the fish you weigh in, probably 60% of the fish will be spot. So, yeah, it's, and it's, it's all California. And that's where the largest base of Western anglers comes from. And the only reason we didn't go to Arizona is uh, there, there's some water issues. Some of our hosts there, uh, have to take a year off between stops, uh, have a suit there. That's the way they are. And at Roosevelt, where we normally go, they've had water issues, and they 
they just assumed we waited another year and let that lake kind of recover and everything. So. All right. Now, one, one, I don't know if it's a question we get a lot, but one thing that some people want is they want us to go further north mm-hmm. for the western right of Axe. They want something up on, say, the Columbia River or up there. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you're interested in trying to do, or is it just we don't get the number of boats up that way? You know, and- I'm- I would love to. I would love to spread it out. the 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 thing that probably hurt the Western Division most was was us going from a schedule with four tournaments to a schedule with three tournaments. When you had four tournaments, you could ask your core fishermen to get away from their their base and go one place every year out of that base and 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 still not hurt you. But with three tournaments. Uh, you just don't draw the numbers up there. And, and it's unfortunate because we have uh, uh, several Washington, Oregon fishermen that make the the jaunt down to California, Arizona every time we have them. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd love to take one up there. But the, the couple of times we've been up there, we went up there with an FLW series several years ago and we've been up there with uh, the uh, Strin series one time when we were the Strin. And, and the the numbers were not what they were in 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 uh, the southern states in Southern California and Central and North California. All right, outside of the Western Division, do you have a uh, a, a lake or a tournament that you're most excited for that you think is what it might not even be the biggest draw, but one you're just most interested to well go and you know over the years over the years we've uh, we've had several fishermen. Uh, the Northern Division is another division that the four tournament schedule benefited because uh, 40 to 50 percent of the anglers that fish the Northern Division every year are from North, South Carolina, and West Virginia. And they go wherever you take them. And the further you take them north, the further they have to travel. So we, we've had several comments over the years about uh, the Finger Lakes in New York or something like that, you know, satisfying the guys that live in northern New York don't have to come far south, but the guys that far south don't have to go that far north. Plus, it's not big water fishing. And that's another unfortunate thing about the northern division. You've got two factions up there. You've got the guys that would love to go to the Potomac and Chesapeake Bay and stuff like that. Then you got the guys that would love to go up on the uh, northern side where – the waves get big and the winds blow frequently and, and, and big water. Uh, guys that navigate and fish big water love it. Guys that don't, don't. And the, the, it's, it's hard to make everybody happy. So going to Oneida at uh, Syracuse this year is probably something I've, I've been wanting to do for a long time and, and was able to get some help and, and stuff there. So that's, you know, basically that's where uh, I, I'm excited about that event, you know. I think it'll be a good draw too. Yeah, it's a Oneida's kind of a neat lake because you've got a legitimate mix of smallmouth and largemouth, and they're very close to each other. It's kind of similar, sort of to the north end of Lake Champlain, maybe, where mm-hmm. you're not you don't have to make a really long run to mm-hmm. go catch fish. You can catch them right, you know, I can catch them a few hundred yards away from the ramp. And right. That's it. It can get rough, but it's. Uh, it's the right size lake to, mm-hmm. to do that sort of event on. So I think that's a I think that's a pretty good call. Um, and I'm excited about us going back to Clayton, New York. We've worked with uh, the folks at Clayton before. There's a, 
one of our friends at the TBF, Bobby Williams, is in Clayton now, and he's in charge of the bass committee there in the town. And they've made some changes to what they're trying to do for tourism up there. So we're going to Clayton, New York. And, and the good thing about Clayton is, you know, you got the St. Lawrence River and, and you, you got the lake too. So there's, there's an, another place you can do about anything you want to. Yep. You can stay inside of the ramp and catch 20 pounds of largemouth, or you can r- run halfway across the United States in a lake and <laughs> catch a bunch of smallmouth. So uh, I think it's a good northern schedule. Uh, Potomac is, is one of the sites that we've – had consistent fields in that division, and the, you know, the fishermen in that area there have have, have traveled well to the northern stops. So I'm excited about all the divisions, but most especially the northern and the California. All right, uh, the southeastern division, starting out on Okeechobee. Last year we had what 250 boats. 250 boats, and we the weigh-in took until. Like, it was pitch black when we finished right. the day one and mm-hmm. day two weigh-ins, I think, just because mm-hmm. there were so many guys and everybody caught fish because it's Okeechobee. And even if you don't catch a big one, you catch five little ones. Um, mm-hmm. You think we're having uh, 250 boats, or does are we going to change things up? Are we going to have 300 boats? What's your Well, you know, what's your guess? We, we put the limit at 250. 250 is, is a number that we prove we can – run with the same system we got with with a staff and not have to make a, a, a great number of changes. And, and that's manageable. We know we can manage that. Uh, above that, you're, you're, I guess, in question mark line again. When you have those long weigh-ins, as, as you know, and, and a big emphasis here at FLW is fish care. And, and the longer the weigh-in, the longer fish have to stay in a live well or in your holding tanks or anything else. Because of that, uh, I feel like that that it's important for us to stay there. Now, you know, uh, over the last three years, we've exceeded 200 boats, and only last year were we able to get 250. So, I, I feel like you'll see similar numbers. I've had a lot of calls. Uh, everybody wants to go to Okeechobee. Uh, there's a lot of snowbirds down yeah, there that time of year. <laughs> you you can hand pick how many. If you want to fish 300, you could do it pretty easy. And and I think that that because of that we'll uh, we'll, we'll have the same you know kind of numbers. We were at two twenty seven year before last and two fifty last year, and I think we got the potential to do uh, those numbers again next year. All right, cool. Um, my other question is: we've gone to we've gone from the Texas division to the Southwestern division, mm-hmm. and it's maybe the almost South Central could maybe even be more of an app name starting Mm -hmm. out in texas on rayburn and then going to grand lake and then fort gibson and i don't know a whole lot about fort gibson but i know rayburn's got huge ones i covered grand lake this spring and it was amazing Mm -hmm. um do you think uh branching out from texas a little bit and renaming the division will sort of bump things up in that region well you know Texas is a, is a tough place to to hold a series of open draw tournaments because Texas is world renowned for its its weekend buddy circuits that that pay enormous amount of money. I mean, and Todd Castledine and Russell Cecil basically make a living fishing make a living weekend fishing team tournaments there, which there aren't too many other places in the world you can yep. do that. That's correct, and you know, uh, I think that's that's part of the problem. Uh, 
Except if you'll look at the people we're talking about, Russell Cecil, Todd Castledine, Stephen Johnson, Phil Marks, you can take those guys. They're hard to beat anywhere they go. I mean, over what, the years, look what Todd Castledine did at Grand Lake. He yeah, led and, the first and look day, what he did he? at our All American a couple of years ago. Totally fishing just about different. every year yeah. at the All American, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, there are other places like Kentucky Lake here. If you have a depth finder tournament, a drop tournament. Uh, four or five of the top ten have been the same for the last three years. That's kind of why we changed to the last of April uh, for this event. It'll give a different faction of people the opportunity to to uh, catch fish, and we'll see uh, probably one of the few times on Kentucky Lake you'll see as many flipping sticks. You'll see eight-foot flipping sticks out instead of eight-foot cranking sticks. So, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of things that, you do when you do that you put different people in the opportunity to attend. but i also think you're going to see the same thing we just talked about in texas you're going to find some of the same guys in the top 10 and and that's what i don't understand about texas is a lot of guys don't want to go fish against those guys on their lakes toledo men rayburn or two of the top lakes in the united states toledo men call just name the top lake in the united states uh I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but it is one of the best. And you, it's hard to beat those guys there. But when you look at the f- people we're talking about, they've been hard to beat Everywhere wherever they went, anywhere they went. And what we're trying to do is give those guys that won't come down there and compete on just those lakes an opportunity to branch out. Uh, you'll see some Louisiana stops in that division moving forward. You'll see uh, some more Oklahoma stops in that division. Uh, you know, this will give those guys an opportunity to play on a playing field where, yeah, you come fish against me on my pond, I'll come fish against you on your pond, and it'll all work out. The phone calls in in that part of the country over the last two or three days, wanting the dates tentatively, and then after we announced uh, yesterday, a day before yesterday, have been unbelievable. You can't believe how many Tulsa – area code calls I've had. And, and you know, the good thing about it is Gibson is a very unique lake from a standpoint. It's it's not a great big lake, but it's not the kind of lake the fish will only be in one area. There's all kinds of ways to catch them, and they don't, they're, they're not patternable fish from a standpoint is there's only one pattern you can catch them on. You can catch them any way you want to, anytime. It's got color in it. It, you know, it's it's even more yep. colored and grand in most cases. And uh, I, I think you'll see some great, as, as Castledine proved, he can catch them in, in the state of Oklahoma also. <laughs> and, so, and the other guys will too. I think you'll, I, I think our numbers, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get more people involved, more people in the opportunity to go up and move up to the tour. And uh, uh, in talking with Bill Taylor over the last couple of days, more guys in the top ten sound like, they're going to use their opportunity to go with the tour next year than, than we've had in a lot of years. So if you've got a system that allows you to upgrade and move up and they're doing it, then your system's working. And I feel, I feel comfortable that that will happen again next year. All right, good deal. Well, Ron, I've kind of covered everything I want to cover as far as talking schedule and how it gets put together and whatnot. I want to ask you about you. Um, okay. How did how the Tuesday nighter go last night? Did you well, fish it? Yeah, we fished last night. We uh, we uh, won. We had uh, fifteen 
70 something i don't know we uh the fish are kind of in our court right now so you know i anytime i can pick up one of three different topwater baits and keep it in my hand the entire day then then i'm i'm pretty happy i, I that's about i about soon catch them that way as i had anyway and then i'm getting a lot of topwater bites we probably had 25 topwater bites last time so. all right well i figured uh I figure you're pretty much always on them, but I didn't know you. I didn't. I honestly didn't know you'd won before before I had you on here. Mm-hmm. Had I known, I would have. I would have changed my introduction to <laughs> conquering champion Ron Lappin. Well, you know what? Uh, it's important to to participate in tournaments because I feel like we're number one in this business for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, I believe FLW is the kind of company that the people that run their tournaments actually love the sport, participate in the sport, understand the sport, and with the exception of very few of our tournament directors, everybody is a tournament fisherman when they're home. And then uh, uh, I feel like it's important for us to understand what the fisherman's thinking when he's fishing and everything. I believe that's why we're the best. And 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 most importantly, in my opinion, uh, we're the kind of companies – we're the, we're the kind of company that has more people that pray in public than swear in public. And and in, in this day and time, that's, in my opinion, pretty unique, pretty unusual. To me, it's important to work for a company that allows you to be who you are. doesn't ask you to be somebody that you're not. And I, and I think that's why we're number one in this business is because of our people and, and the way we treat people. We understand what fishermen are going through, the emotions of, of winning, losing, and everything else. So I, I, I feel like it's important in our jobs to understand that, and I believe that's why we're the best at what we do. All right, good deal. Um, how did you get into tournament directing? Because well, I, I don't what – uh, what did you do before then, and how well, do you – I worked for – I worked for Mike James in the Midwest Rep Group for Ranger as a sub rep. I uh, actually did a lot of promotional stuff and uh, uh, would work boat shows and go in and and teach our fishermen how to help salesmen in the boat dealership keep people interested till we could get finance people with them to sell boats and stuff like that. Uh, um, I worked in a chemical plant for 25 years and ran a guide service for 30 years here on Kentucky Lake and was around fishing all the time and then had some health issues back in the early 90s and had to retire from the chemical plant business and was very blessed to have something to fall back on and to love like the fishing industry and everything. So I feel pretty lucky to be a guy that that uh, gets to do something he loves away from work, you know, and uh, it, I think it's, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I took the job uh, wondering what I was doing, taking the job, but found out pretty quick that it, that I, I felt like I was suited for where I was at. So. All right. When you started, when you started working, what was, what were some of the biggest things you had to either learn or just overcome? <clears throat> you know, uh, on uh, Friday night, I still had the same stomach jitters that I had when I was going fishing as a tournament fisherman on Saturday morning, and I learned how to channel that enthusiasm into what I did, I feel like, and, and, and learn about the the tournament directing side of it. I try to take that same enthusiasm that I had as a competitor. I'm fiercely competitive. I mean, I, I may not seem, but I'm fiercely competitive. I want to be the best I can all the time. And, and it just took me a while to get those uh, 
uh, stomach hiccups uh, in 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 a different channel in a different direction, and not have to worry about getting up at four o'clock and going fishing, but getting up at four o'clock and making sure everybody else went fishing. That's it was important, and I, and I think that's what you know has has kept me in this business soon be twenty years. You know, so love what I do and love the sport. Well, Ron, thanks for coming on. I think you're, if not the top, then probably one of the, I'll say top three of uh, on on stage announcers. Everybody looks forward to when it's your turn to uh, to do the weigh-ins for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and you run a great tournament, and it's been a pleasure working with you all this year, uh, traveling around the country for me covering these tournaments that you're putting on. Well, we I tell you what, the one of the biggest. In, improvements i think is is your your department's uh help in in promoting these tournaments a lot of fishermen said you know we've never had this kind of coverage at this level before and uh although i'm not a technology person and don't personally own my own computer uh, i realize that that there are a lot of people that live by that computer you know it's kind of funny every time you go somewhere uh, somebody said I know that voice, so they hear you on a computer. And they may see you on a computer, but they, they know the voice more than they do anything else. So it's unbelievable to me the number of unique hits we're taking at these tournaments. And I think your department and your coverage, the stories on the web each and every day during tournament hours has helped us improve that. And I mean, it's kind of like having a regional television show with as many hits as we're taking and uh, so many people watching and everything. And when you go to these lakes that everybody wants to go to and never gets a chance to go to, it's important for them to listen and say, man, how do they catch those fish there? What are they doing different? And uh, and I tell you what, it's going to be uh, the only tournament uh, next year. Shasta's going to be the only tournament next year. And I guarantee you we'll take as many hits on that Shasta weigh-in as we will in any tournament we do because people in this part of the country cannot conceive multiple five-pound spotted bass, you know. <laughs> And uh, it, it's anytime you get a chance to go out there, those Northern California lakes have got some monsters in them. It's totally unbelievable. Well, I've heard some stories about Lewis Smith and hitting it at the right time to maybe come close, but I definitely am excited for that one. And we're we're going to start our 2016 web coverage planning just this afternoon. We've got our our first meeting to sort of figure out what we like this year and what we want to do next year. And I. I agree. The ray of X, we took a huge step up and I don't think it's, I think it's, if it's, it's going to either stay the same or get better next year. You know, the thing about it is the important thing about it is, uh, in, in my opinion, is the fact that the, the guy that's a weekend angler that has the ability to compete against some of these guys gets the same kind of coverage as that guy that everybody knows his name. And I think we made some, some, uh, uh, pretty big names of guys that don't have big names through the web site and and through our coverage through our web web coverage of these events uh you know i've said uh, years and, and you've covered them too being from that part of the country the johnston brothers from canada can catch them anywhere in the united states they proved it uh, they fished at every level at one time or another it's a shame those guys can't get the kind of support and backing in canada that they would if they fished here to, to move on to the next step and you know there's a lot of guys that people know that they didn't know before you all started covering these things. So that's pretty important too. So, Well, yeah, it was a, it was a good year. I mean, for the Johnston brothers in particular, but for, for all the tournaments, we had a lot of, we had a lot of the guys who led or did well 
weren't necessarily household names, right. and they're a lot more so now, I think. I agree, and I think it's important to them because that's the only way they get to make the move is is, is getting uh, their sponsors, their abates, their techniques, their everything else covered by you guys. So I, I appreciate it. I said all year long it's one of the best things that we've ever had happen at the uh, FLW Series level. All right. Well, Ron, thanks for stopping by. No I'm problem. Sure you're, I'm sure you're busy. You've got a lot of calls you got to take. You've probably got a lot of guys who are knocking down your phone door to uh, to they, get in these things. We, we, uh, I'm excited about the opportunity to start taking entry. I think we'll see. Uh, we're working on format and some other changes now and the payback and stuff like that. I believe we'll uh, – Everybody be impressed when they see what we do. All right. You know about when it'll be time for guys to start putting their money down to come we, fish? It's always historically the first couple of weeks of November in that time frame there, and I don't see any different Just any after reason the championship. to change it. Yeah, yeah. And All right. get the championship out of the way. And unfortunately, with the tragedy of the wildfires, we had to move that California tournament very close to the championship. And, and we want to make sure that we give – full coverage to those guys that still can qualify in the Western Division, get them to the championship, and then after that we'll talk about what we're going to do next year. All right. Well, Ron, thanks for your time as always. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. So, Kyle, Ron and I just talked mostly about the Ravex schedule. It's new. It's out. Uh, what do you like about it? Or what do you hate about it? Or what interests you? Um. Well, uh, I, I like it. I think it's. Uh, I like the setup of the lakes. Um, I'm very intrigued with the southwestern division instead of the Texas division, uh, which I think is kind of cool. I think that's uh, always kind of been one problem with the Texas division is that, like, the attendance was just never there like it should be because Texas is kind of its own beast in that there's so many, you know, team tournaments and, and, and individual tournaments basically every weekend all yep. over the state that you can't get the draw for these guys to come to the events like you can the southeastern division you know where you're um there's so many guys around and there are a lot of tournaments however um you know people can compete in texas to win you know basically the same amount of money they could if they won the rayback or they could win a boat or, or like something a truck else. or something yeah like something that. of yeah. something of substance so um I thought that was kind of cool that, you know, switched it up. And I knew Ron way back earlier this year and I hinted up that. So I think it's kind of cool to see that happen. And I really like the fact that Fort Gibson is on this thing. I think it's kind of cool. A, because it's a, you know, it's kind of some fresh blood in the Rayovac division. Um, but B, I feel like it's also going to be very beneficial to see the Zach Burge uh, benefit division, the Southwestern there because you know at fort gibson i feel like zach burge i saw some facebook posts he's pretty excited about that uh grand lake he's also pretty good there and uh, you know rayburn rayburn's rayburn zach bird like burge likes catching hogs so you know maybe it'll just turn into his benefit tour yeah i mean i guess we'll see i uh i don't know Fort gibson doesn't really do it for me in my mind it's just like bass goes there a lot and their tournaments are never impressive there. Am I? Yeah, my take. Don't they go? Um, they were. Don't just, they go there usually earlier? Well, or were they just? They were just there like a week or a week ago. Like they were there like maybe two weeks earlier this year than we'll be there next year. 
and maybe that'll change things, but it took like 46 pounds to win. And I don't know. Poor Gibson doesn't, doesn't trip my trigger, but I'm not, you know, against it necessarily. Uh, well, see, I feel like we have a tendency to go to a lot of the same bodies of water. So that's different. And I like different. I don't yeah. really care what the lake is. You can go to the crappiest lake in the world, but when we change up how we get into this flow of going like, we always go to Kentucky Lake for something. We always go to blah, 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 blah. Dude. And if you're like me and you don't live in the south, you don't really care about Kentucky Lake. I mean, it's cool. There's hogs, but it doesn't really do anything for me. I think you're going to care about Kentucky Lake this year, though, because it's right at smack the end of April. Uh, and they're not going to be, well... You never know if the tournament's going to get one offshore on Kentucky Lake, but they're, it's True. probably not going to get one offshore. It's probably going to get one in bushes. Finally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which Randy Haynes hates that, obviously, but it makes it, it's going to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm also a big fan of the Table Rock uh, for the championship. I think that... Yeah, that should be cool. I think sort of it's not super late fall, but it's moderately late fall in the Ozarks. You've got mm-hmm. like all three species of fish there. I think that'll be a neat tournament. Yeah, it's my I think it, stance I think it on will. the matter. Um, and it sounds like it sounds like there'll be a number of different patterns that could play for that one. You know, because you could target each species. Probably realistically, you'd more straight up target either smallmouth or largemouth. Mm-hmm. But I think that one's going to be a fun tournament. Yeah, that should be cool. Um, all right. I also like that the Western Division wraps up early in the year instead of, um, you know, having like a February and a March or an April and then ending in September. I like that that'll be kind of closed out right away. Yeah. No, I like that. The only thing I don't like about that is right now the way having Clear Lake at the end and having – Essentially, it being the off-season when we go out there, it gives us more time to stay out there and do some extra work. That's true. Which, you know, obviously Matt and I have planned that in. I think that we'll probably be a lot more hard-pressed for time to go out there and do extra work or to stay and fish. There's a chance we'll have to get back here and actually, you know, cover the next tournament. So, we'll obviously, we have to see how the schedule works out and how how we divvy things up, but that's my only potential concern. Although I think the Shasta one could be prime to also stay out there and do some work. Oh yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, overall, I mean, I like it a lot. Uh, obviously I wish Champlain was on there, but we're going there for the tour. So I'm okay with that. Yep. Um, you only get to go to Champlain once for work. Yeah, apparently (laughs) so. (laughs) You Um, can't be that selfish. I mean, look, I'm all for scheduling the tour entirely on Champlain next year. <laughs> we'll just have six big-time <laughs> tournaments on Champlain. It'll be great. You know, I guess I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be too tore up about that. We'll just go to different launches for each one. We'll do one. We'll launch down south. We'll do another relaunch up north, and we'll alternate. It'll be cool. Yeah. And yet I'll find out. You should go talk to Bill after this. I will. I'll go talk to Bill. I'll be like, Bill... We need to do the One Lake FLW Tour. That's the plan. That's the, the schedule of the future. <laughs> you got to tell him it's not the One Lake he'd be thinking of. 
We're not talking a Kentucky Lake tour. We're series. talking Cumberland Lake. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's where that's where Bill would have it. Although he says the launches there are too small and it's too far away from civilization. Um, but hey, you ready to uh, get into some actual tournament results and sort of talk our way through that before we uh, before we yeah, uh, call us a day? Yeah, sure. All right. So in the college fishing world, the uh, Southern Conference, I believe, I should check that to be sure, right? Yeah, Southern Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. They had their last tournament of the season, or regular season anyhow, on the Red River. Wyatt Smith and Trevor Yates of East Central University, it's in Oklahoma, uh, came away with the win. Uh, they caught 16 pounds even, and they threw a frog and jig around wood and fished pretty slow. Um. And sort of with that, we've got the uh, entire we got the field finalized for their conference championship event coming up on Grand Lake. Uh, I guess the interesting thing about that and is probably that Dallas Baptist University did pretty awesome. They had let's see one, two teams in the top. 10, I think they had another team in the top 20, I believe. Dang. I'm not sure on that. So they had a really good turnout. Um, and overall, I mean, everybody caught fish. Everyone in the top 15 uh, caught a limit, which is kind of shocking at the college yeah, fishing no level. Kidding. And, I mean, it was limits of like 10, 11 pounds, but they were limits. So, obviously, the Red River was kicking them out for that tournament. Five is five. Yes, sir. Ready for some BFLs? Oh, yeah. We had a whole slew of them. That's for sure. Um, I guess kind of first off, these are all super tournaments, so they're all two-day events. Mm-hmm. The uh, Buckeye Division tournament on Indian Lake was won by Kyle Weisenberger. He caught 12 pounds, 11 ounces for eight bass, and he was kind of fishing like pockets and channels in the grass with a spinner bait and he flipped some and threw a buzz bait. So he kind of mixed it up and I mean, you don't ever, you don't ever want to say like a guy got lucky because Weisenberger, I feel like wins a lot of these things. So he's not getting lucky. Yeah. He's just real good. But gosh, the, the way, however guys get separation in tournaments that tough, I don't know how it works. You know what I mean? No kidding. Cause he caught like 12, 11. And second place had 10-2. And then third place had four bass for 8-7. Like, it was a rough. Tenth place caught two fish. It was a grand. That's for sure. So, I don't know what's going on at Indian Lake, but Kyle sure hammered him. Made almost four grand. So, worked out pretty good for him. Yep. Uh, then, of course, in the Ozark division, Lake of the Ozarks, Dennis Beerhorst, would you say? Uh, yeah, I always said Beerhorst. I don't, I don't, right, but. Okay. Well, he caught. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Caught 39 pounds, 8 ounces, busted him up. Um, and he fished docks with a green pumpkin chumper, chompers boss hog, which is basically a brush hog. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know, like there are a lot of brush hog knockoffs out there. The boss hog is like strikingly identical. <laughs> obviously, it yeah. smells. Obviously, it smells different because 
those chompers baits they've got a lot, a lot of nice garlic to them and some salt and they're they're good smelling baits but yep that one is i don't know if there are knockoffs if there are other knockoffs more identical i want to see them but hey <laughs> he likes using them they catch fish yeah if you read through um because he's won several tournaments in the ozark division if you read through a lot of the press releases from those tournaments uh basically everything he's won has been on a boss hog so if it keeps working keep on fishing it do you think he keep... uh do you think he like goes out with more than one rod on the deck or is he just kind of a one rod kind of guy what do you think i always pictured him as a one rod kind of guy that's what i hope every time i read these things i'm like man this guy's so dialed in he doesn't even need anything else maybe a couple extra rods in the rod locker but one strap down the deck just go do your thing. I like it. I hope. I hope. I that's do too. How it is. We'll picture it for now. Maybe we'll maybe we'll call them up sometime. Okay. Uh, next up, the Northeast Division on Chesapeake Bay. Jamie Hartman caught thirty pounds, fifteen ounces. Uh, he fished docks and wood with a square bill, a jig, and a finesse worm, and he kind of grounded out uh, pretty tough because I think the second day the tide was out a lot further than it was expected. Um. Yeah, I think uh, they had some strong winds, right? And it yeah. was uh, it blew a lot of water out. Yeah, and he only he only came in with four fish for nine ten on Sunday, but it was enough to get the job done. So, congratulations yep. to uh, Jamie Hartman. With that, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to throw it to an interview I just did with Mississippi Division on Pickwick winner Aaron Harrelson. He caught uh, nine bass for 32 pounds and nine ounces to win. Had a little deal going in the grass, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about how he and his wife are the uh, best team on tour or something like that. So here you go. <laughs> and now we're joined by Aaron Harrelson, uh, winner of the Mississippi Division Super Tournament on Pickwick Lake this weekend. Aaron, uh, how, how's it going so far? How's your... How's your post tournament high? Oh, uh, it's been uh, it's been great. Um, was so shocked um, with the win. Um, had been on fish for about three weeks now, and had no idea that I was fixing to actually pull off the win and. Uh, <clears throat> So it uh it was it was completely shocking. I told my wife um, I simply wanted to sit in the hot seat for just a second, even if it was just one boat, and then shake the next guy's hand. I wanted to sit there for one boat. And uh, when he said seventeen pounds to even take the seat um, at boat eleven, I was nervous. I knew I only had four, didn't have my limit, and I knew I had four studs. But uh, all I could guess since I caught. The fourth one on the very last cast with the troll motor up, our boat slipped a four and a half pounder. Um, with my Collinger was already sitting down, buckled up, and I swung a four pounder in his lap and a four and a half. And uh, so I didn't, wasn't for sure exactly what I had. And when he said 17 just to get the chair, uh, I was very shocked when he said 18 two and figured it would be a very short sit since they were still. 10 boats to go. And and then you held on. Um, can you kind of... I did. I sat there until it ended. It was it was amazing. 
can you kind of run us run us through how you caught your fish? Because we've got you know your pattern details that I read. It was you had one real good spot. It sounded like, but you kind of caught your fish a couple different ways. So how did your how did your weekend transpire? It's been it's been extremely extremely difficult. Um, I I can I can think two things: um, God and wind um me and my wife had gotten we've sat there for actually sat there for three weeks and we've had a, a super tournament win we won first and luck in our couples trail the weekend before and we got third the weekend before so in 14 days we've had two first a lunker and a third um on about a hundred yard stretch and when i say I, th- I can thank the wind is i'm sitting on a spot that's not on any map contour Craft, nothing. The only way we found it was we had the trauma on 100 and we were trying to get across and out of this flat and the wind was blowing pretty good and for those who've been on the water long enough will know that sometimes the wind will show you a creek channel and uh, it's a little bit slicker than the rest of the ripples. It's the only way I can really describe it. But it happened to me and her once on Gunnersville, and we won big time in a two-day event. And it happened two weeks ago, and we said, look at that. There's a creek channel. And sure enough, there was about a two-foot difference, and it was about a boat wide in the middle of nowhere. And I've looked at Navionics and Lake Master and all my graphs, and it's not on anything. And uh very first cast when I got to the slick, um, caught a five-and-a-half-pounder, and – so I've sat there, um, but for this weekend, there was a very small window in the morning where it was a very limited bite. And my, actually, my co-angler each day had one fish each, and they both caught them in that first hour. I also caught one fish each in that first hour each day, and then there was nothing. Never another bite until 2 o'clock for two days and then from two o'clock on it was still throwing the same things the base jig and uh the spinner bag it was just like you turn the switch on um they weren't current related or anything they just simply did not feed again until two o'clock each day and um all of a sudden just boom 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 um, on day one i actually caught i actually lost a four plus which would have been my second fish at 201, which broke my heart. I thought the tournament was over, and I lost it right at the net and wound up catching five. I caught the four keepers I needed and then cold one and went back. And then on day two, we came in earlier, which I knew was going to hurt me, and I caught two, realized I had three good ones, and then pulled the trolling motor up. I said, man, we have got to go. Going was sitting down, and... I made one last cast and she was on it and I burned her to the boat and he said, net, you need me to get the net. And at that point, Tromar was down he was sitting down. I said, no, I said, she's coming, um, as quick as I can get her. And I just took her momentum and flipped her and I tried to make her land, um, uh, back her on him or near the live well. And that was my fourth one. <clears throat> so what were you, what were you catching your fish on? Did you catch them all on, 
you, you mentioned uh, you were throwing the G bait jig. Did you have anything else that played into you throughout the throughout those two days? Both mornings, uh, I started with a buzz bait, um, possibly possibly for an hour, thirty minutes to an hour with the buzz bait, um, which is the way I start every tournament, um, and never could get any reaction to a buzz bait. Um, so then I would spend the next 30 minutes to an hour throwing a spinner bait to try to get what little bit of reaction bite or, you know, excited for feeding fish at, you know, at daylight. And so each morning I did catch one on a, on a spinner bait each morning that, that helped me. Um, I think on day two, uh, the one fish that I carried with me till that afternoon was a, a five pounder that I caught on the spinner bait early. And then uh, <clears throat> through the day, um, I would just throw a, a brim colored um, chew bait or uh, uh, I think I flipped a D bomb some and a uh, red worm. But they, uh, they were so slow, they would, they would simply wait until two o'clock. And then I'd start picking up a few on the, um, I say a few, I mean, there was only nine. Actually, there was 10 keepers in two days. Um, six keepers on day one and four keepers on day two. But uh, I would throw the D-bomb and the jig until uh, I realized, oh, now they've all of a sudden decided to bite when I catch two or three of them. And then uh, on day one, I, once I had five, then I would pick up the 11-inch worm to try to, one, I realized they were biting, and two, to try to, to catch a, a large fish. But I never made it to the worm on day two because of the um because i never got to five all right so you know beyond that tournament you and your wife both cast cast a check in this event and you guys yeah you apparently talking to you you fish a bunch together all kinds of different tournaments how did uh a lot i guess how did you meet how did you get started fishing together because a husband and wife team it's not unheard of but it's a little bit unusual because usually i mean father and son teams that's nothing to bat an eye at you know what i mean yes we um actually uh we actually run pickwick lake couples trail which is a husband wife boyfriend girlfriend it can even be father daughter as long as it's male and female um trail at pickwick we've been running for five years it's it's fantastic it's literally our best friend and uh we it's all we just have a great group we eat together we hang out together we go to a two-week classic every year somewhere that's not at picrics where everybody can actually see each other at night and not look like they've been on the water for nine hours and and have dinner and and you know it's a, always a good thing you know for the ladies um all of our fishermen are serious whether they're ladies or the men, um, <clears throat> I want to say there was four or five that got a check this weekend that are Pickwick Lake Couples Trail members. Uh, we had a really good showing this weekend um, of our members. The um, Me and her, when we first started, uh, one of the things when people see us at tournaments all the time don't realize we actually have four teenage daughters. So it's um, actually amazing that we get to do what we do um, while having such a train wreck of stress of 
four teenage daughters at home. I, I said on stage Sunday, you know, um, that I had four girls mad at the house that they've eaten ramen noodles for two days, um, that we were in there cooking them, cooking for them. But, uh, when my wife first, me and her first started dating, um, she thought fishing was, you know, watching a bobber, catching a catfish that she had done some with her dad. Uh, she didn't realize how physically demanding what we do is. And I put a half ounce spinner bait and a bait caster in her hand and tighten up the reel a little bit and let her um, backlash a time or two. And within an hour, she was chunking and winding and caught a four pounder her first time in the boat. And she has been hooked literally since. So uh, here's here's my question: How often how often does she beat you? Um, quite I, mean, a bit, I know you fish uh, together, but it's probably always a little back yes, to front quite competition. A, <laughs> quite a bit she carries me, and when we're in a tournament, of course, um, if you have pride in a team tournament, you're you're a moron to me. Um, I don't mind if she catches five five pounders and I zero. Because it's a it's a five fish limit. It doesn't matter who catches them. So um, there there are many 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 times that that she carries me, and she's the one who you know catches them that day. Um, <clears throat> she got a check this weekend, which was huge for me. It was um, Saturday after the mandatory meeting. She said. Um, she said, does this mean that I get a check tomorrow? And I said, yeah, baby. Um, I said, you know, everybody that makes it today, too, gets a check tomorrow. And she started to cry. And I said, uh, what are you doing? And uh, she said, I'm emotional. She said, I've never gotten a check before. I said, you just got first in longer six days ago. And she said, yeah, but that was with you. She said, I've never... And I didn't realize it at the time until she told me. I thought through the Bassmasters Weekend Series or BFLs that she had gotten a check before. But um, she said, no, this is the first check I've ever gotten alone. And um, it was uh, it was a, uh, a very proud moment, I know, for her. But it was an extremely proud moment for me um, that she was able to do that. And... Uh, to catch a check because a lot of times sometimes we may show up for one she's always my guaranteed co-angler or my co-angler and sometimes we may show up for one and then when we come back in to weigh in uh you know we'll hold up fingers to each other what we've got and i if i'm not in the points race sometimes if i don't have nothing you know i may not weigh but for her if she's only got one and it's barely a keeper she tells me she says you know you stand around and wait or, you know, wait in the dark or whatever, but she's going to wait. Um, because generally she's usually the only or one of the only women there. And for every man there that she can beat, she's going to beat. Um, so any fish that she ever has being, I guess, the woman part, she's going to wait to beat in her head. That way she can beat whoever she can beat. Um, so, um, 
Bert noticed on stage when he asked me who I wanted to thank first. And I said, well, I want to thank my wife, um, you know, for allowing me to do this and being my partner and, and congratulate her for her for getting her first check this weekend. And then I got, I got emotional and congratulations to Robert Evans, um, the director. I sent him a thank you yesterday, um, for realizing that I was getting emotional and to go on and, you know, change the subject and talk about something else. Cause I was fixing to get you know, emotional about being proud for her. Well, I, I tell you what, that is that is a really cool thing that you guys can fish together, that you've you know won won stuff together, that you do so well together, and that's that's just really neat. And I'm glad we've got I'm glad we got both of you fishing us because that's that's what I like to hear. That's great. Um, I guess my last question, Aaron. You know, I was look I'm looking at your stats, and I don't. I don't think you've made an All-American yet, but you've been fishing the uh, Mississippi Division for a while. Are you making the All-American next year? Is it going to happen? Yes, I want to. Um, Me and her actually have discussed that since the event. Um, One thing, um, y'all have changed it from going to Ferguson, which is a million miles away from us and an extremely dangerous city. So... Doing Pickwick and Barnett, which of course Barnett's a long ways away. I don't know how all the other divisions line up, but Pickwick and Barnett um, are two extremes of the state as far as distance. But uh, we said, you know, we've got to get back in into doing the um, you know the whole thing and, and and trying to see you know where it can take us, and because that's you know of course been a a dream since I was big enough to put on blue jeans and I don't remember what year ago it was, but several years ago I, I made it to regionals, went down to Bainbridge, Georgia and then finished one ounce out of the all American. And I think I was in seventh in the top six advanced and got a good check, but it was a, um, I had the fish on lost by one ounce in one place and rode home from Bainbridge, Georgia, which was, almost like a 12-hour drive alone. And it was a long, long ride thinking about one ounce and the fish that came off. So um, we've kind of got a new focus that um, to um, to fish all of them. We, uh, we enjoy points races. Um, I love the whole any kind of points race type thing that I can get into. Um, because a lot of times I feel like I'm more consistent or average than actually, you know, being able to hit big sacks and win the the one-day events um, or, I don't know what you'd call them, the single big tournaments, you know, they have on lakes where two really good sticks get them both together and have really big sacks. I like to do the points and, be, and show my consistency. But, <clears throat> yes, we... Um, We've already got the, which we heard was a tentative schedule, but it's on our refrigerator uh, for next year. Well, I like the sound of that. It sounds like you guys hopefully go on the road together a little bit next year, and you know, hopefully, hopefully we both get you, get you both in the All American, and then we can have a 
husband and wife team cashing checks in the All American, and I'm sure that's never. Been oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be amazing. <clears throat> but uh, sounds like you've got some kind of alarm going on. So thanks for thanks for stopping by. Thanks for letting me talk to you, and congratulations on the win. Moving on, Archie Division, Lake Hamilton, Quincy. Howshin? Wow. Howshin? I like that. He caught uh, 23 pounds, 10 ounces, fished a frog around grass. Sounds like he had a... I would say sounds like he not only had a really fun time, because I mean, oh, he yeah. fished a frog. Also, awesome. had a pretty good little deal going. Picked up the win. Yep. Um, and I tell you what, I'm glad that a frog around grass works there, because we went over Lake Hamilton a bunch of times, going back and forth at, uh, at Hot Springs to and from Wachita, and every time mm-hmm. I was like, man, that looks like it'd be good for a frog. That looks like it'd be good for a frog. So, I'm glad it actually was. Kyle, you want to play us out? Last one. And our final Super Tournament of last weekend was the Michigan Division, uh, which was held on the Detroit River. Chris King won that one. Uh, caught 44 pounds and an ounce. So many big smallmouth. Yeah, baby. And <laughs> he, uh, it's kind of cool because he actually split up uh, day one. He fished on St. Clair, uh, which wasn't really uh, what he planned on. Um, but he it kind of felt right, and he ran to a little spot, sacked him up pretty good. Day two, uh, went out on Erie and caught a whole pile of fish, both him and his co-angler. Uh, sacked him up, caught most everything on a drop shot in classic uh, Great Lakes fashion, and took home the win. So that wraps it up. That was our that was our BFLs. Yeah, and I mean, you know, King he caught twenty pounds thirteen ounces on the first day, twenty three pounds four ounces on the second day. So it's not like he did bad either of the days. You know, he, he no just no really he really caught him the whole time and put together he did. A, put together a pretty perfect event to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's not. I feel like it's not often. And St. Clair is a really 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 good body of water, but I feel like um, when you're diving eerie the caliber is normally there right like i feel like generally the guys that are dialed in on erie you're getting a little bigger bite um than you are in st Clair. but uh chris king pretty good stick um around that area so to feel confident like oh yeah i'll just go into st Clair. i'll go fish this little hump thing i had or this little grass flat um you know drag a drop shot around and catch 20 pounds that's pretty good and then to be able to actually get a fish eat on the second day and do what you wanted to do is also pretty good. For sure. Also of note, uh, former co-angler champ of the Forestwood Cup, Theo Corcoran, finished 14th in this event. He uh, had the last check, caught 32-something total. So that's, hey now. I don't know, interesting. Wow, I didn't even know. Yeah, Theo's out there catching him up. Theo's doing work. Yeah, baby. Um, hopefully still with phenomenal hair. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is. All right. Well, Kyle, we got anything else we need to do here, or shall we uh, call it a day? You know, we don't. I feel like two things I will mention, though, before we get rolling here. Uh, thing number one, yeah, uh, everyone should head over to flwfishing.com. Check out that new uh, Ranger Z522D, because that thing is awesome. And since we were just talking about the Great Lakes, that's what I expect everyone to have next year uh, when we're talking about this. I want one real bad. That boat is giant. 
it doesn't do it for me, man. I don't want to. I don't want. I think if I'm going to get that much boat, I'm just going to get a walleye boat and get myself a wraparound windshield. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's that's, that's a good my, point. That that's my stance on it. Which I don't want that much boat. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay banging around with a regular size boat. But if you're up there, I mean, that's definitely it's a boat to consider for sure. Yeah, I wonder when if we'll be able to test ride one at any point. Uh, well, you know, Ranger usually does their dealer meetings in like uh, late November, December ish. Uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think there's a pretty good chance I'll be headed down there and I can test drive it and tell you about it. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd like to know that. Also, you know, there's a guy who does some Ranger test drives up on Mille Lacs. You should, uh, you should get with him. Uh, yeah, George Little. That's yeah. the guy that was in the video. Yeah. I mean, I would that's think that, the, uh, that'd the be thing. your best route, I'd say. Yeah, but I doubt he has one up here. Well, I don't know then. Maybe I'll call him. Find yourself find yourself a dealer somewhere who's got one and say, Hey, I wanna go I wanna see what the deal with this thing is. I'll bet you I'll bet you someone will let you take a test drive. Yeah, I'll look into it a little more, maybe. There you go. Did you have maybe. one other thing you wanted to say? Because I think you said two things. Uh yeah, the other thing I was just gonna ask you, uh coming up on the weekend, uh A, do you have any plans? Or B uh, are you working on any kind of cool article coming up for the web? Because I know, you know, we're all kind of working on a lot of stuff that's timely to, you know, the fall and such. You so know, I was curious what uh, what you got rolling. So I am supposed to work on a cool article for the web. I'm not sure what I'm going to write it about, though. It's supposed to be something that I can just write about and feel like I'm already sort of an authority about. And my problem is that if I'd been living in Vermont for the last three years... I would be like, oh, I know what I'll write this about. If I've been living in Kentucky the last three years, I'd say, oh, I know what I'm going to write this about. But I've been living all over the place the last three, <laughs> four, five years. And I don't, I'm skeptical that I can pick a topic and be enough of an authority about it to write a good piece, a, a good article. But I'm probably going to write about flipping a jig in grass. And that's not really that interesting, but it's a really good way to catch them in the fall. Uh, sure. So we'll see. I got to write something there. If you can think of an idea for me, by all means, let me know. Well, all I know is that Kurt gave me a rundown of what everyone's writing, and it was a lot of fall grass type stuff and something about a drop shot someone's doing. And Yeah, that reminds blah, me. Blah, 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 I want to call up Matt Stefan, and I want to get a fall fishing tip from him for up north. Um, because I, I think that would be a about, good. Uh, I'm doing something about smallmouths. All right. Are you talking with Stephen? Maybe chicken wrap? Mm, no, I was just going to write it myself. Beautiful. You should, because uh, you got you got that on lockdown. Um, I think that's good. I think I'm going to call Stephen anyhow and get another something else from him, just because I like talking to Matt. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so I got that this weekend. I'm going out to St. Louis. I'm going to visit my sister and see the zoo. Uh, I'm Ooh. told they have otters there, which obviously, as oh, you know, baby. I'm a big <laughs> fan of. <laughs> uh so get ready so many instagram photos <laughs> you better believe it maybe not though because i my standard for instagram photos is pretty high as far as it needs to be real cute or it needs to be a real good photo if i can't get a decent photo of some extreme cuteness it might not hit it so we'll see Oof. I, I don't think you'll have a problem 
I hope I hope I'm successful. Uh, I think I might go fishing later on this afternoon. We've got a meeting that we're gonna do. I might skip out after that and go c- try and catch a bass or two, and then I guess uh, on Sunday I'm sure I'll fish, but probably just around home right on. on Kentucky Lake. Oh yeah, yeah. How about uh, how about Ooh. yourself? Well, uh, tomorrow I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna take Burden and Beach. Uh, we're gonna go fishing. Uh, but we're also working. We're gonna. I gotta shoot a bunch of photos of um, that live target sunfish doing its thing. Um, also, I gotta fish it a little bit um, for a thing Kurt wants me to do. And then uh, I got that Mark Daniels rod. I got a review. Got some mats, some milfoil mats that need to get punched. Uh, so I'm gonna do that, and probably just try to like. I'm gonna try to get a few randomish kind of fall photos. In case uh, we need anything for any of our upcoming stuff, you know, because we have a pretty good catalog of photos from tournaments. But this time of year, we don't have a lot of tournaments. Therefore, we don't have a lot of photos in the fall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've been uh, you guys leaning pretty hard on the Rayovac Series Championship from last year. Yeah, so um, I might just try to shoot some some other stuff, and then. this weekend's duck opener, so I'm going to do that. But then I'm pretty pumped because next Tuesday, uh, I think Patterson and I are going to go up to Mille Lacs and same thing, do a photo shoot for the one, potentially two smallmouth articles I'm going to write. Got to get a bunch of brown ones on camera. All right. Now, uh, when it comes to your duck situation, are you bringing uh, – it's – sorry, Drake and Suze, just Suze. Where are you, uh, uh, where are you for hunting these things? Weekend? Yeah, I, I haven't figured out where I'm going to go yet. I still got some scouting left to do, but uh, I might take Sue's. Um, I might take Sue's on Sunday, maybe. That'd be kind of her first first run at that stuff. You see, you, you can't just like throw them into it, right? You gotta like if I go, I want to go with like maybe one, maybe two other buddies, um, and you know, if a group of ducks come in, have them shoot just one. Um, so there's not a lot of chaos, not a lot of – it's nice and simple, and it's easy for her to understand and kind of grasp. So I might do that on Sunday maybe. But otherwise, we'll be hunting with uh, my buddy's dog, Mac. Brady has a has a lab. He's two. He knows how this game is played. Uh, so we'll run him. Well, I like the sound of that, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, guys, A lot of stuff you... happening. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's – it's fall. It's time to go out and sort of enjoy, enjoy a little more off time. Even though it has been kind of busy, um, mm-hmm. we got a little more time to just go out and do some fun stuff. True that. Um, well, guys, if you want to follow FLW, you can do it on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Periscope. It's FLW Fishing for all of those except Snapchat. For that, it's FLW Official. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, you're on Instagram at Kyle Lumber. I am. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Jody Blanco. Um, we got an email address, right? We do. For any uh, questions, comments, concerns uh, you'd like Jody or myself to hear, just shoot them on over to podcast at flwfishing.com, and uh, we'll see what we can do. All righty. Well, guys, let us know if we can do anything better. Kyle? Always a pleasure to talk with you. It's been good. See you.